Hello and welcome back to Jake's World, episode 50, the old 50 burger. Episode 50 of Jake's World, I'm your host, Jake Sawinski. Today is Tuesday, December 15th. Start off with a little rant about the old parking situation at where I work. So, I drive up Monday morning, right? Nothing unusual there. Um, I leave Madison at 4. I get to Marinette like quarter to 7. 10 to 7, right? I typically just drive straight through. Um, typically, I get a better parking spot because Mondays and Fridays, you know, some people... Um, work in the shipyard not in the office they do 410 so sometimes people take vacation on Monday typically Mondays or Fridays and people in the yard you know don't work Monday or Friday so typically parking's a little better Mondays and Fridays well I get there like usual and the street I turn on is turn left at the light you go through another light, and then there's two parking lots, right? There's one front of the building. That one's usually always full in the morning just because the first come, first served. Everyone parks closer, shorter walk. Then there's a back lot. They moved the gate from, uh, was it, Ludington Street, and now it's on Eli Street. It's, like, right next to the closer parking lot. You just have to drive, you know, another... 100, 200 feet. There's a line on the street by the little guard post, right? There's a security guard there. And uh, I'm like, oh, God, what's going on? Is he actually, like, checking uh, parking stickers? Because it's kind of similar to, like, if you were to get, like, an on-campus parking pass. Or if you live in the city and you have a designated parking thing. I know in, like, Madison you can get a parking sticker. It says, oh, I, you know, I'm a, I live in the city. I can, you can apply for like a special permit to where you don't have to move your car every two hours. Like if you live in a neighborhood and you have to park on the street, say you don't have a garage or your driveway's full or something, you can get a special sticker like that. So I'm like, okay, maybe they're just checking uh, parking passes because sometimes the contractors like to take parking spots and they, they're not supposed to do that. So I get to the gate essentially and the guy's like uh the parking lot's full and i mean you're more than welcome to try to find a spot but it's full it's like okay like how the hell is it full well it turns out we were awarded a new project in april or late april early may and they're doing um like capex right on the facility you have all these new workers coming in and you know, the steel shop needs to be expanded. Um, there's another building where, like, the human resource building was. They got rid of that building, and there, you know, some construction is going to be starting soon. But it turns out they got rid of half of the parking lot. And 1,500 people worked there, and there were probably 500 spaces beforehand. 
How's that going to work? Well, I had to park like a quarter mile away from the building, and that's going to be my new home. So it's going to be parking wars in Marinette, Wisconsin, and I'm not happy about it because, of course, it's wintertime. It's 2020, the worst year ever. And, uh, of course, it's going to be the worst winter ever, naturally. Well, I mean, what else could possibly go wrong in this dumpster fire year? Uh, it's probably going to be like the worst winter ever, cold and most snowfall ever. It's like you can't have one. I'd rather have like no snow, just brown, dead, nasty, disgusting fucking grass, and it'd be negative 30, or have it be 25, 30 every day with a mountain of snow. Like, why do we get both? Like, can't it just be one? The universe, fate, God, whatever. Give us some slack. I mean, there's two weeks yet. There's two weeks left. I mean, I'm not one of those people who think that, uh, you know, clock strikes midnight on January 1st, 2021, and all of our problems are magically better. But give us a break. Please. I don't want to do parking wars. I don't have the energy for parking wars, especially on Monday. But okay, that concludes my little rant about that. Um, pretty more of much more of a little streamlined show today. I mean, I say that every time, and then I end up rambling about dumb stuff for twenty to twenty-five extra minutes. But um, sports. Then there's a couple of talking points that I think are pretty important for um, some news that happened uh, over the weekend. Uh, Saturday, we can just kind of. Do the sports like usual. Saturday was a huge day for college football because it's getting to that time of year where it's crunch time, right? You have a lot of things riding typically every year before the conference championship, right? Because of the college football playoff and the way they have their seating, the way they kind of favor certain teams in their quest to pick the best four teams every year. But you need you can't just say you have the best four teams every year if you can't prove it or you're not battle tested on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whenever you play. Right now, they have the four best teams in the college football playoff in the country. No questions. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. Those are the best four teams. No ifs, ands, or buts. But Ohio State doesn't have the resume to support that. They've only played five games, and the Big Ten decided to change the rules for eligibility in order to play in the conference championship game for reasons I said last week. It helps the conference, and you want representation in the playoff. So they waived that requirement. And Northwestern and Ohio State are going to be playing this Saturday. That's no surprise. But I schemed up a little scenario on Friday night while I was betting for the weekend, which all went to shit in a matter of 24 hours. And it's not really original at all because Kirk Herbstreet, he's on uh, College Game Day, he said the exact same thing I did. And this was my brainchild. I mean, I'm not saying I invented it first. But I said it before I heard anyone else say it, and then the guy I was talking to about it, it seemed to make perfect sense to me, to him as well. So, 
Florida was number six, right? At the time the rankings were released, it was in this order, Clemson, or Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Florida, and Iowa State, right? Iowa State doesn't have an outside chance. They have two losses. They're not going to make the playoff, even if they win the Big 12. I mean, Notre Dame, or Ohio State would, like, have to lose. A&M would have to lose, and I think A&M. No. <sighs> Shit, they do the top two teams in the Big 12. I, th- I don't even think it would. Fuck, I don't even remember. I don't even think. Let me look. But anywho, when it came to this Florida game, I was reasoning that um, Florida's six, right? And this, tonight actually, an hour ago, was the penultimate college football ranking, or the playoff ranking. You need to be five, maybe six, in order to have an outside chance of taking advantage of the chaos that can be conference championship weekend in order to have a hope of making it. Six is a stretch. If you're below six, if you're, you know, seven through ten, they, you don't have a shot. I mean, there's no way every team that plays is going to lose. Um Oh, A&M's in the SEC. What am I thinking? Not Big 12. It's Oklahoma and Iowa State, I believe, in the Big 12 championship. Texas A&M is playing Tennessee. They play in the West with Alabama, so they wouldn't make the. They wouldn't make it. But here's what needed to happen for my scenario to work: a, a scenario where you could have Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Florida in the college football playoff. Florida, it would have helped if Alabama lost to um, whoever they played. No, they didn't play that. Yeah, they did. They played Arkansas in the 11 o'clock game. It was weird. They played it like at 11 instead of their usual 6.30 game. They played a road game against Arkansas. They pounded them. I think it was like 45-3. to So, okay, they're not going anywhere this week. Clemson didn't play. Notre Dame didn't play. They have the championship game. They have an off week built in there. Florida's playing LSU in the swamp. The swamp's packed, right? It spreads 23 and a half. And we're thinking, okay, if Florida needs to make a push to move up a spot, and it's a great time to do so because Texas A&M and whoever they were playing, they didn't end up playing. They got canceled due to COVID. I'm I don't even know who it was. I think it was would have been like Mississippi State or something like that or Ole Miss. They wouldn't. They didn't play. So if you come out and you stomp LSU, you could get pushed to number five. And is Florida a better team than Texas A&M? Probably, I would say so. Florida's got one of the best offenses in the country. Kyle Trask is a Heisman favorite. Not the favorite, but he's in the, the conversation. If you win, resoundingly, like if you cover that spread and then some, Florida could be five and playing in the SEC championship game. Problem is they lost. <laughs> it's a pretty damn good game. Um, third and six. 
Florida gets a huge stop, and the Florida player who tackle him ends up getting, or the LSU guy, Florida guy tackles him. He ends up with his shoe in his hand, and he fucking wings it 20, 30 yards down the field, and he gets a penalty. First down, LSU covers, you know, the they go down the field a little bit more, they kick a field goal, and then that's that. Then uh, Florida got into a position to make the field goal, send it overtime. They did not. Florida's a two-loss team. You're not making it now. So, realistically, Florida and Alabama are playing next week. They get to play, spoiler now, just to reshuffle the seeding. But if Florida had won, they could have been bumped up to five. It's hard to penalize a team that didn't play. But if you win well enough, the committee will certainly, certainly move you up to five. If Florida could have beat Alabama, which they wouldn't. I mean, I would bet every dollar I had that Florida would not win that game. But you never know. If Florida wins and Ohio State played a close game with Northwestern or even lost to Northwestern, that could change everything. I mean, it's really disappointing because I I saw... um, some headlines or whatever about the kid. I don't. I didn't remember his name. The kid who threw the shoe. <laughs> Jesus made that Iraqi journalist. <laughs> I'll get into that kind of second, but um, it's really tough because I mean I saw some headlines where it's like, oh, he was just excited, like, you know, you just get lost in the moment. You have this guy's shoe in his hand and you just like, let's go, and you you know you do the arm pump, except you have a shoe and you end up throwing it down the field. <laughs> Just a lack of focus, I guess. I don't know. Did he do it on purpose? Maybe. I mean, if you're 18 to 22, I mean, college sports are definitely way more passionate. But I feel like you you know where you are, and you know the ramifications of taking a dumb penalty there after you just got a huge stop. It's like, did, you, did he really do that on purpose? I don't know. Kind of a weird thing. But, um... That I, the, the guy who threw a shoe at George Bush like 10 or 15 years ago must have like notifications whenever shoes are mentioned in any kind of news. This guy is like just keeping the George Bush, you know, talking at the podium, dodges the shoe. He cat like reflexes. This guy threw the shoe at him. This guy like quote tweets it and like, oh, makes me super proud. And it's the clip of the the Florida guy throwing the ball down, <laughs> throwing the shoe down the field. <laughs> it's just so funny. But um, I would have felt really smart had that worked. And then Florida did find a way to beat Alabama. That would have been really cool because, realistically, I think Clemson's going to win next week. You'd go Clemson, Florida, Notre Dame, Alabama, or Alabama, Notre Dame. So that would be your four. Now, I mean, the only way Ohio State can miss playoff is if they outright lose and I still then A&M would probably get in but I don't see that happening Northwestern lost to Michigan State it's tough but um 
I mean, aside from that, I mean, college football, the day slate was really boring. I mean, classic Big Ten game between Iowa and Wisconsin. That was ugly. Just fucking ugly. But I'm not going to complain about that. Um, just aside from that, I lost all my money. But NFL. Another just kind of eh, week. The noon slate was really bad. I mean, none of the games were really close. Carolina and Denver kept it really close at the end. Or they managed to. It wasn't really close, but, I mean, it got to a one-score game at one point, and then Carolina just couldn't get that stop they needed or that takeaway they needed. And it was just a sloppy, sloppy slate. Like, the Dallas defense is probably the – 30th or 31st ranked defense overall in football they had three takeaways at least I mean three fumbles that I saw in the like the first quarter that that game was on red zone um the Vikings really looked bad um it was a terrible day to be a kicker too Dan Bailey missed like three field goals and an extra point and if you do the math that's a totally different game because I think the final score ended up being Mm, 14 to 26 or 16 to 24 something like that those digits arranged, were arranged in there one way or the other that's a totally different game if you have a kicker that is at all reliable um, Derrick Henry just pounded the rock like he always does um, I mean just a bunch of extra games with no buys anymore so I mean, there's definitely a lot of football but that noon slate was kind of disappointing um, I feel bad for people who took the over in the Bears-Texans game, like I did. And they scored 40 in the first half, or 39 in the first half. And the over didn't hit. That's two weeks in a row the Texans have done that. They look awful, but whatever. Jets got pounded. Um, Green Bay. Offense looked good. Despite a late surge from Chase Daniel, <laughs> the Lions, after Stafford left the game. Um, Jalen Hurts upset the Saints. That's huge for Green Bay fans because now the road, as it's, if the season were, if you were to stop the count, if the season were to end today, the road to the playoffs would go through Lambeau, which would be huge. Can get that defense, run defense, especially rested up. Offensive guys can get rested up. And you make everybody play in the frigid, frozen tundra. That's never happened for Green Bay since Aaron Rodgers has been there. When they won the Super Bowl in 2011 or 2010, that season, 2010. When they won it in 2010-2011, they were a wild card team. Every playoff push they've had since, road. I think they did get upset in Lambeau one year. I think like 2012 or 2013, they went 15 and one and they lost. But uh, let's not talk about that. It, it, that's huge for Green Bay. I mean, I just can't say it any different. Um, and the Bills are really, really, really good. They dominated Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was you know 11 and 0 at one point. Kind of held on for dear life the weeks before. They barely beat the Ravens. They lost to Washington. 
Washington's good too. I'll get to them in a second, but they did not look good on Sunday night. That's a weird offense too, right? Because look at who you got. You've got very, very good wide receivers. You got um, what's his name? Robert Washington. I think it's Robert. Some of them are. If it's not, I'm sorry. Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. You got a couple of other guys who do a pretty good job in the receiving core. You don't have a running game. James Conner just isn't the James Conner that he was the season after Le'Veon Bell left, a.k.a. last season. Um, The defense is still really good, but um, what's the guy's name? Bud Dupree, he's out for the season. That's tough because, I mean, big run stopper. Um. They're frauds, essentially, right? I mean, Big Ben is Big Ben. He's old. He's not mobile. I think he has this notion that he's hurt in his head, but I don't think he's really hurt. I just think he's slowly getting washed. You can't have that guy throw the ball 50 times a game. You just can't. I don't know how they've managed to do it up to this point. Without a real running game, maybe it's because they didn't play a fantastic schedule and that defense created so many points for them. But you put them up against the upper echelon of the AFC, I don't think they're going to win. Not anymore. It's just, it's going to be the Chiefs and the Bills. Those are your two teams to look out for. I don't think the Steelers are it. It, it That's just the case. I mean... Oh, the other noon game. Uh, Chiefs-Dolphins. Dolphins are the real deal. Their defense is really good. I mean, they've kind of quietly loaded up on the defense, and this year it's kind of all clicked. I mean, they are 9-4 and four now. 8-4. F- no. <sighs> Shit. I've got everything all mixed up. <laughs> but, uh. Whatever their record is, they weren't bad. They've been terrible the last three, four years. And, I mean, Tua looked really good. I mean, that's not a slouch in a defense in Kansas City. That pass defense is pretty good. They like to give up some yards on the ground, but it's easy to overcome that when you have probably the best offense in the league. Maybe not scoring-wise per game, but talent at every position and the ability to score on command, essentially. And you make the best quarterback in the league right now, aside from maybe Aaron Rodgers, but I'd say Mahomes is the guy to have right now. You made him throw three interceptions. He's never done that. Never done it. But it was still never in doubt. I mean, Casey's that good. I think it's going to be a Chiefs Super Bowl on that side, and then who knows on the other side? I mean, it could be Green Bay. could be New Orleans. They're getting Drew Brees back, so that's going to be a different look again. Who knows? I think Green Bay is a little soft, especially when it comes to playing run defense. They'll keep up with anybody, but is, that, is the one turnover they might have going to cost them? I don't know. I guess we'll see. Don't sleep on Seattle either. They're always a playoff team. They're always, always, always a playoff team. Same thing with the Rams. The Rams look really good right now. They're playing good football. So, 
going to come down to the wire. And uh, Monday night's game was really good last night, if you didn't watch it. Bill, uh, Browns-Ravens, absolute shootout. 89 points in an NFL game. When's the last time we've seen that? 47-42. to um, Back and forth, back and forth all game. Lamar Jackson has to go take a shit. Comes back, throws a 44-yard touchdown to Marquise Brown. Um, ties the game up. Um, no, I'm sorry. They take the lead. Baker Mayfield runs the field. They tie the game up. Tucker hits a field goal. Browns get their last chance. They take a safety on the strangest lateral play I've ever seen. And if you had the Browns plus three, I'm sorry. If you had the Ravens minus three, good day for you. But be another good slate I mean it's this is crunch this is the time of year like everybody waits for because you start doing all the scenarios to where you can uh you know see what needs to happen in the next three to four weeks in order for your team to make the playoffs or crazy scenario like um, of course they listened to part of my take and pft and big cat spent like two hours trying to figure out a way that the washington football team and the bears could play each other in the playoffs like, the Bears would essentially need to win out or only drop one game. And then if Washington were to win out, they could get the 4-5 and five seed, depending on what the rest of the division does or what the rest of the conference does. So, I mean, it'd be funny. But uh, Washington's good. Like, I'm just going to say this now. They're good. Giants kind of laid a clunker against the Cardinals. They didn't play very well. Daniel Jones wasn't healthy either. I'm not sure why Joe Judge forced him back. But Washington is good. If they could figure out how to pass the ball, they'd... Well, that's hard to say, too. You'd say, oh, if Washington could pass the ball, they'd be unstoppable. But then again, it's like maybe that's why they are where they are right now. Ball control. Run the run the ball. Pound between the tackles, control the clock, control the flow of the game, limit the other team from having the ball on top of a fantastic front seven, probably the best front seven in football. Chase Young from Ohio State is a monster. Maybe that's why they're where they're at right now. But um, NFC East is going to be tight. I think the Cowboys are pretty much out of it. Uh Washington's six and seven. Giants are five and eight. Um, Eagles are four, eight, and one. And Dallas is four and nine. So, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen down the stretch? But Green Bay and KC clinched. And now it's kind of just a matter of where everyone else is going to fall into place. So, pretty much does it for the sports talk, right? I mean, college basketball is kind of starting, NBA starting. Giannis signed a Supermax with the Bucks this afternoon. I think it was five years, $228 million. Holy fuck, I wouldn't even know what. I couldn't think of $228 million ways to spend that money. Um,. Still don't know what James Harden's going to do. He wants out. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, that guy's a cancer. Comes to, He's a locker room cancer. 
He's like Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving did some stunt where he's not going to talk to the media whatsoever this season. He's going to take a fine like every game or something like that. Or at least he did once. He's a jackass too. But um, I don't know. I don't get excited for the NBA really ever. And I I just pay attention to it. I I don't usually watch it very much. But uh, college basketball is just starting to. It's hard for me to get into it around this time of year too just because football takes up so much of my effort or my time and attention I should say hockey starting mid-January I'm super pumped for that so wrapping up um want to talk a little bit about restaurants because I've heard this um heard a few conversations over the last week or two about the restaurant industry and how um Uh, how am I trying to phrase this? Heard some conversations about how they're kind of being um, the scapegoat, the scapegoat of the rise of COVID nineteen cases all across the country. Um, I pay attention to CNBC a lot. Uh, Rick Santelli is a bond trader out of Chicago and a CNBC contributor. He's on there multiple times a day really passionate guy which is strange because bonds are fucking boring essentially it's just a way of raising capital where you get uh, a coupon payment every six months and then you get a true up face value at the end of it bonds are fucking boring but he he's all he knows all about him he works at the cboe i guess or trades there whatever uh, he got into a huge tiffle on air with uh, the CNBC anchor arguing about restaurants. And he's like, uh, why are you telling me that, uh, you know, restaurants in Chicago can't do indoor dining when it's for, for he didn't swear, of course, but even it's fucking freezing outside. He might as well have. Um, why are these restaurants all being told to close, you know, and then you go do a Costco and the parking lot's full. Um, I was listening to a podcast earlier last week where hosts had three California restaurant owners on. They own restaurant groups. And she's asking them about, you know, why is, does it seem your industry is being targeted as the culprit of all these rising cases when you're doing everything you can to comply? Uh, last weekend, David, Dave Portnoy... And some other guy pledged $500,000 each to um, start a charitable cause to help restaurant owners make it. Um, it's really strange because at first glance, it would make sense as to why um, restaurants could possibly be the culprit of, you know people's public activities contributing to rising cases now bars no that's a totally different scenario because typically bars are packed um you don't make the best choices when you're intoxicated and you're three sheets to the wind when you're shit-faced buckled pumped up liquored up any ten thousand words you can think of for that um your inhibitions are gone. You're not making the best choices. You're not thinking clearly. That's obvious. So, of course, bars are probably a no-go. Um, restaurants are different, though. 
like I said, at a first glance, it would kind of make sense. I mean, you're eating with a group of people. You're spaced out, of course. Some restaurants have been complying with their state and local laws. You know, dividers are up or whatever the case is, right? Tables are spaced out. Plexiglass windows around each booth. Um, No seating in certain areas. Things like that. Your masks are off when you're eating, right? And in the kitchen, your kitchen can only be so clean, right? Maybe the everybody in the kitchen's wearing gloves, right? But I mean, it's inevitable that there are, is a potential for spreading things, right? You're touching your plate, the waiter comes and grabs your plate, he goes in the kitchen for something, and it, it, it makes sense. But if you look at the numbers, it's like an underwhelming amount of cases are coming from restaurants. And we're in a real pickle now, especially in areas of the country where it's cold because it's winter. The summer was fine. You could just accommodate all these rules by having outdoor seating or just takeout. You can't do that anymore. And New York New York City, I should say, passed an ordinance or a law that said that indoor dining is going to be suspended. And it's like, why? If all the numbers, I mean, you can look at where the cases are coming from. It's hard to pinpoint that all the time, but it's an underwhelming amount that shows that they're coming from restaurants. They're complying. They're doing everything you're telling them to do, and you're still taking them out to the woodshed. It's like you have to find a viable solution without telling them, hey, you can't own your restaurant anymore. You're going to lose it if you don't have the capital to survive. You're going to have to close shop and go get a different job. You can't do that. You have to find a way to overcome this problem we have and make it work. And targeting the wrong industries isn't it either. And it seems like the only people that are benefiting from these are the large fast food corporations or the stores that are constantly open. You know where the biggest contribution of these new cases are coming from? Grocery stores. You can't shut down the grocery store. How would you eat? Are you going to shut down a grocery store? Well, no, of course not. Well, why should a restaurant be any different? People are voluntarily going to sit down at a restaurant. And people would do that if they knew it was safe. I mean, go to the grocery store. You're touching shopping carts. Um, You're touching all kinds of items in the store. And, I mean, me, personally, if I touch it, I buy it. But you don't know who touched it before. It's not like you go home and lick the box. But, I mean, you're not wearing gloves in the grocery store unless you're a weirdo you touch the box you go home you touch your face on the way home things like that right I mean the entire premise that it's all from restaurants is so wrong but they're the only ones paying the price for it and I think that needs to change otherwise you're going to see a lot of your favorite places if you live in a big city that are implementing these rules are going to go away But just keep doing what you can do. And that's kind of how I want to wrap it up. It's like, you're sucked, of course. 
But you have so many things on your mind that you can't do anything about, right? So many things are out of your control. You can't control the actions of another person. You can't control the mindset of another person. All you can control and worry about, put your energy and effort into, your attention into, is yourself. Just take care of yourself. Look out for people around you. But don't get caught up in, oh, this person's not doing this. This person's out doing that. Don't worry about it. Just worry about you. Keep to yourself for a couple of weeks. Maybe things will get better. Don't sweat it. Same thing with all the election stuff going on. If you're on the wrong side of that or you feel differently, just what are you going to do? You already did what you could. Let the cards fall where they may. I don't know. It's just It's so weird. It's just like... Vaccines are getting distributed. That's good. <laughs> right? I mean, logistically, I'm not sure how that's going to work out yet. I think they're giving them to high-target people and frontline workers, which is where they should go. But I don't think we're there yet. A few months out, I think, until this can be mass-produced and mass-distributed. But I don't know. guess we'll see. Um, yeah, that just about does it for today's show um you can follow me on twitter instagram and snapchat at jake sawinski 8 at j-a-k-e-s-a-w-i-n-s-k-i-8 still looking for some more guests talked with will talked with casey late april early may love to have some more conversations so reach out rate review subscribe please rate review subscribe rate review subscribe If you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, just scroll down a little bit, click five stars. If you're up for it, write a review. Tell your friends. Not that hard, guys. Helps me out. Makes you feel good about yourself. Have a good week, guys. Peace.